Hello there and welcome to the Last Time Film Podcast. We talk the latest in blockbuster film and TV. This week we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. My name is Thomas, always I'm joined with my co-host John. How are you this week? I'm doing good. We just watched the film recently and uh, <laughs> I was feeling good, you know. Good. I saw this film. Oh. Uh, I treated myself some chocolate and some skills and a diet oh. coke. I was like... I mean, that's good. I've been through something in the cinema. <laughs> I'm ready to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Let's do it. Let's let's close the chapter on Ant-Man, shall we? Briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. Right. This is going to be on Google. Ant-Man and the Wasp find themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures and embarking on an adventure that pushes them beyond the limits of what they thought was possible sure why not yeah so full spoilers ahead so if you haven't seen quantumania or you're intending to definitely worth seeing it before continuing to listen what did you what, what did you think i just felt like i was having a brain aneurysm trying to watch this film oh my god it was so messy it was just focusing on like one thing for too long and then we just forget about the other narrative Oh, is that a joke? Oh, no, we just went to another narrative. My brain... (laughs) (laughs) Gee, I mean, I try and shy away from negativity where I can. In general, on the podcast, it's so much better talking about good movies. I hope that every movie is good. We don't do a worst of the year. We only do a best of the year because why? You know, what's the point in dwelling on bad things? When it comes to video titles, I like to post questions instead of just straight up give a negative assertion or, or imply that they could do more or that a certain element of the story doesn't work but after three ant-man movies i have no positivity left i think this movie broke me it was just bad in some really unfortunate and painful ways like we've got to the point where i don't care about the mcu anymore and obviously we're going to keep on watching and i will hope that all the movies will be good and it's great when the movies are good but this was not good it was very much the opposite i was like in the cinema this is bad and then after the cinema, this is bad. And then <laughs> I was contemplating, just like, why did we watch these films? Why did we watch <laughs> the Ant-Man? We had to come to this. God, I don't even know. This film, there was two things that I laughed at. During this film, there was these two guys who were, like, sitting far away, just like the left of me. And before the film came on, they were, like, laughing and, like, ha, ha, ha. And just like, oh, what wholesome gentleman. And when it came to the film, they were laughing throughout the entire film. Literally, they were laughing on the jokes that <laughs> definitely did not land on. They were just laughing at everything. I was I mean, getting I'm... mad. I was like, am I getting desensitized or something? Help me. I'm stuck in this film. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm happy they had fun. But I don't know yeah. if I ever laughed. I mean, I laughed at Modoc purely because <laughs> he looked so like not into like they do play Modoc off for laughs, but I didn't find him funny. I just found the content that they were going for stupid. And if that was the motivation, if they wanted me to laugh at it, not with it, then I was like, cool. <laughs> but wow, wow. What a I mean, this movie, to call it a sequel to the other two Ant-Man movies isn't really true because it just kind of does away with most of the story in the other. Like, you don't have any of the returning side characters here apart from, you know, your main five characters of Scott, Hope, Cassie, Janet and Hank. Other than that... Nobody else. You don't get Luis or Dave or Kurt. You don't get to look up on what's happening with Ghost. You don't get to see Cassie's stepdad or mum. Like, none of that stuff is in it. They really just do their own thing. And I don't think they do it well. No, they don't. 
And one of the most annoying things about the film is that you don't get to see any of the callbacks. Ghost, she's gone like like a ghost. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, they don't at all elaborate yeah. in the slightest on the fact oh my, that it was annoying. That, that yes. Janet had those powers at the end of the last film. Yeah, like excuse me. Yeah, they just don't explain anything. Like Janet kept saying, "I'm going to tell you what happens, but first we need to go." And then she doesn't even explain. She does not even explain about what happened in the 30 years of the quantum realm. She tells him like Kang. a week's worth of content. She's like, I was friends with Kang for a bit and then we weren't. And then there are also hints that she was with Bill Murray for a bit and she has all these connections. We don't really confront that. We don't really explore the idea that Janet is a different person to who they knew. Once again, this is for every Ant-Man film. They just kind of do the bare minimum and then they move on. I challenge anyone to tell me a single character trait that Hank Pym has in this movie other than liking ants. He literally spends the whole time just there, just like, I like ants, guys. I like ants. Ants are cool. And even at the end, this swarm of ants come to destroy all of Kang and his minions. And then we cut to Michael Douglas standing on the green screen, just standing there like, ladies and gentlemen, my ants. And it's like, at this point, I have to question, is it a kink thing? Is Hank Pym just kinky for ants? I don't know. The movie doesn't tell us. But the whole time, it's just like, wow. Are you kink shaming? Are you, I mean, are you, hey, hey, <laughs> if you like ants, you gotta, you know, you gotta do what you, you gotta you do. like ants? Honestly, it just, wow, they just do nothing. Like, I can't believe this movie is called Ant-Man and the Wasp. What does the Wasp do? What does Hope do in this whole movie? Nothing. She doesn't have a character arc. She doesn't have any stake in the plot. The only she's time there. she's an active character is when she saves Scott twice. But other than that, she's just kind of along for the ride. And then we got Cassie. For context, you know, Endgame, the whole thing with the actress, amazing actress who played this cast. Mm. She didn't get told about being replaced in Quantumania. And Catherine Newton, no disrespect to her, but her performance wasn't terrible. Yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. like, you know, I've, I've heard that she's good in other things. I have no doubt that she is. I just feel like the direction she was given, it was so yeah. bland. The chemistry between her and Paul Rudd is, is wafer thin. And nah. there's just so many moments where just her character doesn't nah. hit. Dad, I had. She kept oh, nice. saying like that, like dad, 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 like just like in a very bland tone. Like when <laughs> yeah. Paul Ward was somewhere, Cassie would be like dad, not in a very worrying tone. She was like dad, and that's it. Yeah, like yeah. it was in it the trailer, hurts. her being like that, but I thought that was just the one shot. No, it's no, it, it's no. it's throughout, and and it's her character is just the hint at the beginning of the movie at this kind of idea that she's a budding young scientist and she's getting herself into trouble and she's kind of like you know looking at activism after the blip and she feels like her dad hasn't been there for her and then they drop that pretty much immediately in yeah. the quantum realm and it becomes more about her learning to use her suit and stuff. But even that only happens a couple times through the movie. I had this idea whilst watching, you know, she confronts Darren again. You know, this is the guy who threatened her when she was a kid. Does she have any trauma? Does she have any PTSD? What is it like for her to see this monster that maybe has, like, haunted her since... We don't explore that in the slightest. She doesn't even care. She's making jokes. And I'm just like, what is even the point? 
apart from the fact that she was in the first two movies, what's the point of now making her her own hero? There is no journey for her. And the trailer just gave us like an entirely different story. So I thought mm. Scott Lang wanted to bring back the old life that he missed growing up with Cassie. I thought in the film that Kang was going to offer him to go back in oh. time or anything like that. And then that would change his motivation. I thought, is Paul Wood's character getting a motivation? No way. <laughs> Oh my god, he's getting a motivation, and we don't. Wow, okay, so I, I didn't watch that second trailer, and I had heard similar things, so that is mad. That would have been really interesting. Yeah, but we don't but get they, to see that. We don't no. get to see that at all. Oh my god. That would have been so interesting to watch, like Kang mad. trying to get Scott to you know go back in time to be with Cassie to see her grow and fix I mean, all that's... of that. Like He didn't want to have this life, but to go back to the old life. That would have been so interesting. But no! Honestly crazy, like, the only character who has any kind of semblance of a motivation is probably Kang himself. Let's talk a bit about Kang. Ah. Uh, the Ant-Man movies have bad villains in general. What do you think Kang, uh, Kang. brings to it? Okay, so Jonathan Major's amazing. I thought oh. he was really good. But the one thing that these films have a similar curse with it, you could kind of see Kang as unique. But they don't really show him as an interesting villain like Thanos or anything like that. He just says, I want to win. Like, okay, well, what, what happened? Like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, like, cool. Jonathan Majors is playing it well. Can we expand upon that maybe? Can we kind of go deeper? No? Yes. All right, no. I guess not. Yeah, and okay, they just killed him off at the end Ugh. of the film, Ugh. which then contradicts, like, I thought this was going to be this version of Kang that was going to be the actual true villain. But yeah, we don't really get to see anything until the post credit scene where there's yeah. other versions of Kang. And then they talked about this one Kang that was like a rogue and he was exiled. Oh, that was, yeah. Why didn't they that, explore him like an like, exile? That would have been so interesting. Why didn't it's they really that? annoying. A lot of people have said, I've, I've seen people online saying that Kang isn't a very active villain. He doesn't really do much. And people compare it to Thanos in Infinity War where he comes in, guns blazing, and he smacks around the Hulk, kills Loki, etc. Crushes the Tesseract. The amazing opening of Infinity War. And I think that's interesting because Thanos had so long where he was just sitting down and he was by his time and they set him up really slowly and it looks like they're doing the same thing with Kang this this isn't the real introduction of Kang that will probably be in Avengers but unlike Thanos Kang's threat levels are so much lower now because to me I look at Kang and I'm like the Avengers can beat this guy easy he was defeated by a load of ants Modok and the wasp I mean yeah he beat the shit out of Ant-Man but that's not exactly difficult it's crazy that he's touted as this big villain who's killed so many Avengers, and yet he's defeated by what I would argue are comparatively small and less imposing threats to him. Yes. I wish there was like some exploration. Make him like three-dimensional. We don't get to see a three-dimensional villain. We see that in a million years. Like, oh my god, a three-dimensional villain, finally. But no. It's like the same thing with the Ant-Man films. Like, they just don't give much flair to characters or make anything interesting like the side characters like literally the first two films they had side characters that were pretty much making the film really fun but 
this one, this was just like characters getting to one place to another to another. And it was nothing but Paul Wood having an existential crisis at the end of the film. Uh, <laughs> that was so odd. It was so out of place with everything. He was just like, oh my God, did I just kill everybody? What if, what if, what if Kang? Oh, never mind. That was just, I liked that. I, I can't lie. I think that along with Jonathan Majors, this movie is carried by Paul Rudd, who is just lovable in general and i feel like these movies have always had that no matter the writing i think paul rudd does carry them in some regard i would say that kang is the best of the three ant-man villains he's much better than darren he's better than ghost they do have that going for them but at the same time they take out all the side characters from the first two movies weirdly enough david dastamalchin is still in it he plays a cgi character you know the holes guy who's like i like holes that's him but they literally take all these characters and they replace them with other characters who are really just boring. You got Bill Murray, who is there for one scene, a scene that can really be cut. Like, what is even the point? If you're setting up a shady past with Janet, that doesn't go anywhere. And then you've got these freedom fighters who, I guess, rise up at the end, but then the ants actually save the day so what's actually the point it's all just very kind of wafer thin yeah you don't get to see anything at all but there was one thing that i really liked was ant-man going in to get the device so he has to go inside it and i thought that was pretty cool like what they've done like multiplying with multiple scots i liked uh, baskin robbins scott that was actually great and when i saw him in that baskin robbins uniform i was generally like oh my god the myths are true Paul Rudd doesn't age. He looked exactly the same as he did in 2015 in the first Ant-Man movie, yeah. wearing that uniform. I was like, whoa, whoa. Oh. <laughs> very oh strange. God. Is he going to sell burgers? A hot pretzel? <laughs> I would say this is my least favorite Ant-Man movie so far. It's not the worst MCU movie ever, but it was my least favorite Ant-Man movie. And it kind of made me somewhat nicer to the first two. I was kind of thinking of the first two and I was like, oh yeah, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> But I don't really have any drive to watch them ever again, to be completely honest. I'm not going to watch these films ever again unless I want to torture myself. This is your choice. Torture. Ant-Man trilogy. No! And the direction of this film is just so weird. Don't know what's really happening. It's just messy. Oh, uh, I mean, visually, it visually, doesn't look good. I was in the big screen. Were you in the big screen? Don't I was in the big screen. Super screen, yes. Made so, it ten times worse. Yes. I don't know what happened, but okay, there's lights on the speakers and, you know, you would see them like when you're watching the trailers and stuff. They just turned on during the third act. And not gonna <laughs> lie, I was like, these lights are more interesting in the film itself. I was just like, <laughs> I was like wow. And then nice. when I heard Darren, I was like, oh, no, shut up, Darren. I'm looking at the lights. Sitting through the post-credit scenes at the end, you know, sitting through the, the entire scroll of credits, I see how many visual effects companies they employed to make this movie. I see all the people who worked on it. And God, it's one of those things where, again, you got to imagine that these, that these people were rushed and overworked because how do you have so many talented people working on this movie for it to look so bad? It looks like sludge. It looks like dirt. It just looks like nothing. So often the the actors just look like they're standing against a green screen with nothing there. So often people are just 
talking to each other and the direction is so weird you know it makes it look like they're not in the same room it's been said since the trailers came out it all looks so odd and for this fantastical realm of the quantum realm that they're trying to explore it's not interesting like in the slightest like you know some of the costumes are good and and stuff like that but i think whenever it's a cgi person or a cgi landscape which is all the time it just looks really really distracting you're not even immersed into this unless you're in Avatar 2. <laughs> we are so far from Avatar 2 in this movie, <laughs> honestly. I don't know how James Cameron's got beyond that. Like, here's a human next to Anavi and like, what the heck? Well, James Cameron, he spent years on Avatar 2. Pre-production yeah. in general took like the, the majority of, of, of that 10 or so year gap. And then after that, you've got the post-production of all the uh, VFX going on for a few years. You know, the first Ant-Man was only five years ago. I can't imagine they were working on this film very long at all. And it's it, it's a real shame. I mean, the editing as well. So odd. This movie is so strangely structured. They will cut from one storyline in the middle of a conversation to the other characters for a short scene and then cut back to the other conversation not in a way to ramp up tension or anything like that or give like simultaneous exposition they just do it because i guess therefore you don't get bored by each plot but it's just so weird like the final shot of the film is the wackiest thing ever scott takes a bite of birthday cake he chews it and then he goes like and then it just cuts it's like what what does what just happened? Why was that the ending of the movie? It wasn't anything important. It didn't... Yeah, huh? this, this film, it didn't set anything up, really. It was just like, hey, here's Kang. This is one of the things I want to talk about. Like, the film goes in like, oh no, existential crisis. And then one of the weirder things about this, you see this Kang in Quantumania. But then when you see the Kang in Loki at the end, I mean, it's interesting how Jonathan Majors like, plays really differently with the two things because you got he yeah. who remains and then Kang. Loki had that Kang that was like this terrifying character that was played so well at the end of the first season of Loki and you're like, oh wow, I wonder where this is going to take. And then you got Quantumania, which doesn't really explain a lot of things. I mean, yeah, like, obviously a big rule of storytelling being show not tell. Loki actually does more with the characters telling exactly. Loki and Sylvie how terrifying this Kang is. You really get a sense of that. And it's so evident at the end, in, in the final post credit scene, when you get that, that small clip from Loki season two, you can tell how much more terrifying the way they cut from Jonathan Majors, who I agree, he's having a great time. He's doing a great job. He's, he's got so much range. He's playing different characters. I can't wait for Creed 3. <laughs> but I love the idea that you know, we cut to Loki and Loki is terrified. He is shook to the core. And you can tell immediately it's not directed by Peyton Reed. This scene is, I don't know if Kate Heron's coming back for Loki season two, but it's definitely, it's given so much more weight and so much more impact. In Quantumania, we are only really told that Kang is dangerous. We get flashes of him and his powers, but it's powers, they're not the most intimidating thing ever. He's just shooting blasts of energy. It's nothing we haven't seen before. The only time that he's actually this, this imposing threat is when he beats the ever-living shit out of Ant-Man. And that was great. That but was great. we're getting told a lot about him. And I feel like Jonathan Majors isn't necessarily given the writing in this film. And, and again, he has it in, in Loki, but he isn't given the stuff that will make him truly terrifying and, you know, make that kind of like Thanos. All you had to have was Thanos sitting on a chair and, you know, the things he would say, like, I will bathe the starways in your blood. That's terrifying. 
terrifying. And, you know, the way that he has somebody else speak for him until he turns around in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's great, but you don't feel that with Kang here. And, and we really need to. If he's going to be the next big bad, let's feel that. Yeah, I just felt nothing. This film, it was not good. No. Yeah, but no. I have good news, John. It's over. That's it. That's it. We no can sleep Ant-Man. now. We can rest. Ant-Man's over. And actually, I really hope I don't eat my words here, but things are looking up for the MCU in terms of the content. Kevin Feige has said they want to do less TV shows every year. This year, the only ones that are actually locked in are Secret Invasion and Loki. Compare that to three shows last year, I think, and then four shows the year before. Maybe three again. No four. And we just got the announcement the Marvels is getting pushed from July to November. Marvel are finally spreading out their content. They're realizing that quantity and quality aren't the same thing. So I'm really hoping that this is a good sign and that moving forward, we're going to be able to spend more time on projects and actually get back to the buildup and the actual good individual stories that we had in phases one to three. And I hope that the bad stuff that we've been experiencing, even in phases three and especially phase four, I hope that they're going to look at that and they're going to say, okay, we need to go back to it. And, and yeah, I really hope that this is... I mean, it's not a good start to phase five, this movie, but I'm hoping that they can rectify their mistakes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just reading a five-star review. No. This is on Google. Like, you can look down at reviews and, like, what people say, like, audience reviews. And one of them said five stars. I'm not joking. It said the humor's not actually bad. Definitely some lines that felt a bit unnecessary. And then you go down here. In conclusion, this is not a terrible movie. No, it is perfect. It's definitely a solid 7.5 or 8 out of 10 for me. I would recommend it given a watch to base your own opinion, but I remain hopeful for whatever Marvel was planning to do with his next Wait, arc. sorry, sorry. They say that it's a 7.5 or an 8, and they give it 5 stars. That doesn't make any sense. You can't give a, can't give a movie 5 stars if you have any big issues with it. Like, Oh my god. Huh? That's oh, weird. Yeah. Just a bit strange. I don't know how Rotten Tomatoes... Tomo- Let's not get into that. Anyway. Actually, um, obviously, it sh- it goes without saying, don't take Rotten Tomatoes as gospel, but this is actually the lowest rated MCU movie on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's actually... It's tied with Eternals currently. And I'm sorry, but if people are saying this movie Eternals is, should be it, it, Yeah, it, it, like Eternals isn't even close to the worst MCU movie. In, in my opinion, it's one of the best of Phase 4. And I can't believe that this movie that Quantumania is put on the same level as Eternals. Get it way down. Get it way down there. But, you know, if anybody genuinely likes this movie, good. I'm really, really happy. I wish that I liked this movie. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So, you know, if you like this movie, good, good. Tell us what I you. Yeah, exactly. Give us a comment. Give us an email. Absolutely. I want to know because I would like to like this movie. That would be good, wouldn't it? That'd be fun. Yes, that would be fun. Maybe well, alcohol is the key. Maybe yes. that's it. <laughs> Give me um, whiskey. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. All right. So, at Man of the Wasp, Quantumania, it's over. What are you giving it out of 10? Two. Nice. I think I'm going to go for three. I think this is my least favorite of the trilogy. You can see that again. Yeah. But but it's as over. I say, it's over now. It's, it's done. It's, we it's can over. move on to better things. And we will, because next week we're talking about Shazam. So, you know, a good 
Breath of Fresh Air. I hope that movie's good. At least it's not MCU. We can actually move on to some different stuff for a little yeah. bit before before Guardians of the Galaxy. So there we go. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're listening on YouTube and you liked it, you can give it a thumbs up and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AskTimeFilmPod and send us an email. Tell us your thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Why is the title so long? I don't know. But the credits did do the thing where it was Ant-Man and then it was Quantumania. Like, they... they did you notice that? It said Ant-Man, and then the Ant-Man became Quantum. That was nice. That was cool. Positivity. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah positivity. Yeah. That was the only <laughs> <laughs> Just that one detail. But yeah, yeah, if you send us an email, we will we will reply on the podcast. So yeah, it, it's done. It's over. We can it, rest it's, now. It's over. Thank you for listening. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Media is definitely a film. Definitely. We watched it. It's over. It's over. We can focus on good MCU stuff for a little bit. You know, we're going to come back and do Guardians of the Galaxy in a month or so. And that'll be fun. Get to do Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. And then we can kind of break from watching old MCU stuff for a while until November when the Marvels comes out and we'll redo Captain Marvel. And I think that's great that we can just kind of give it a, a relax because I'm not really bothered about a lot of this stuff. I think it's interesting when, you know, a new one comes out and we get to rewatch some stuff. But when you've rewatched three bad Ant-Man movies, you, you'll do any, to quote Bo Burnham, you'll do any old shit to get out of it. So <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, is that everything covered? I think so. Right. We're finally done. Take it, Kevin. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.